You're listening to The Served Up Show, a podcast that features inspiring beverage professionals and topic experts that share their passions through meaningful content. Your hostesses, Bridget Albert, is best known as the Market Fresh Mixologist, an industry mentor with over 25 years of experience. And I'm Julie Milroy, best known for my passion for leading change and helping others grow in their careers. Grab a cocktail and sit back. Let's learn how we can make a positive impact in our industry. Hey y'all, it's Bridget here. Today we have the creative force in the world of PR, co-founder of Keurig and Vice, the brilliant James Keurig, known for his innovative PR strategies for spirit, wine brands, celebrity ventures, and beyond. Throughout this episode, we'll explore the unique intersection of creativity and strategy that defines James' approach to PR. From the glitz of celebrity brands to craftsmanship of spirit and wine promotion, there is so much to uncover. So whether you're sipping on a fine wine or intrigued by the artistry of public relations, Sit back, relax, and join us for this very captivating conversation with James as he gives us a peek behind the curtain of his profession. James, welcome to Served Up. I am really excited to have you on today's show. Thank you so much, Bridget. I'm, I'm, I was honored when you asked me. I'm very excited to be here. Uh, like I said, I'd Love talking to you all the time, and I love talking about the work and the industry, so I think we're going to have a great time today. I think so, too. Can you share your journey and what led you to establish Keurig and Wise, your PR company? Yeah, thank you uh, for that question. It's, um, it's kind of funny. I, I fell into PR many, many years ago um, through a friend that I knew from, from theaters, and uh, I the time I wasn't even sure, you know, what what a career in public relations looked like. And after, you know, working with him and and joining a, a small but very, very powerful agency that helped create the James Beard Foundation Awards and ran, you know, big events for Bon Appetit magazine, their wine and spirits focus across the country, and you know, meeting all these, you know, big deal chefs and and working with lots of big spirits brands and wine brands and being part of all that. It just made me really, really fall in love. And, and I knew that it's what I wanted to do. Uh, so that was from an industry perspective. On the, the PR side, um, very specifically, I've always loved whether people liked it or not. I'm very much a stickler for the message, right? For making sure things are landing the way that I mean them or that, that what other people mean, right? Making sure that, you know, as, as people, when we're communicating, we're, we're getting our right points across, right? And so I think that's that was part of the allure of public relations for me was this idea of, you know, storytelling and and being able to share our stories and share our journeys. And, you know, what have we learned and, and really help one another through all that? And I think what better place to do that than the the wine and spirits industry, right? And working with food and hospitality. And um, so that's sort of a, a very broad uh, answer to to start it. But I think you know, once I got my feet wet and and really realized this is what I wanted to do, and I did some freelance work. Um, you know, it, it's always very much an entrepreneur, right? Where I I love the work. I, I've always been, you know, in my family, we were taught to respect work and 
and really, you know, whenever you have an opportunity to learn something, take the opportunity, right? And that that served me really well when I went from that first agency to another agency where I worked on a lot of uh, very specifically chefs and restaurants. From there to, you know, another agency where I was uh, specifically brought in to work on wine and spirits. And it was everything from, you know, Maison Louis Jadot uh, to Rum Barbancourt and working with uh, Michel Rue on some of his brands after, you know, after Absolute. Um, so very cool stuff. And then someone that worked with us who did all the beauty and fragrance was leaving the agency. And my my then boss was like, what am I going to do? I've got to find someone. I put my hand up. I was like, I'll do it. And she's That's like, amazing. what do you mean? You do our, our wine and spirits stuff. I'm like, I know, but it's cool. I know how to tell a story. I know how to do PR. I'd love to, you know, understand how those industries work. Um, and so, so she said, yeah, that sounds great. Gave me that opportunity. And this is really small, right? And, and I think it's, it's significant where my first, one of the clients was the Sense of Smell Institute, right? Part of the Fragrance Foundation. And in one of the first meetings, everyone's talking and, you know, it's a planning meeting for what is that, that year's event going to look like. And, uh, everyone sort of looked bored, right? They're like, oh, what, what perfume expert are we going to get to host? And, I put my hand up. I was like, hi, I know I'm new in the room, but why not get a wine expert? And they all looked at me like, well, why? But it, it's perfume. It's fragrance. I'm like, right. But you use your sense of smell to really appreciate wine, like more so than than the taste or you're getting all those notes and, you know, all those pieces. And it was like a light bulb went went over there you know, it went up above their heads. Like, great idea. I was able to get uh, the the amazing Kevin Israeli to host that year. Uh, he was really excited because he's like, wow, I had never thought of tapping into this industry as potential clients of mine to lead wine tastings for them. So it was really win-win and the event got more press than than any year prior, right? So again, just a small, very small thing, right? But really significant. It was just like a slight twist to make something cool and interesting. Anyway, from there, I went to another agency where I had amazing opportunities to work on really large brands. Again, chefs like Alain Ducasse and all the... Uh, press helping Gordon Ramsay launch in the United States with his first high-end restaurant, uh, did his autobiography, all these cool things, worked on brands like Don Perignon and Moat and Chandon and Veuve Clicquot. And so, yeah, it was five years there uh, as vice president, Food, Wine, Spirits, while also getting the opportunity to throw my hat in the ring to do uh, hotel openings and do other lifestyle brands and other just cool, fun things, right, to keep it interesting. From there, and, and let me know if I'm going too long here. <laughs> I can talk and talk and talk. Uh, but from there, I went, <laughs> from there, I went in-house at a spirits company because, you know, I, I do always like to look ahead and think of, you know, what what next, what comes next. And for me in, in that role previously, I was thinking, you know, I really want to be in-house at a spirits company next. And what I liked about spirits was, you know, it's sort of what some people like about being an actor, right? Where as an actor, you can be an astronaut, you can be a writer, you can be a cowboy, you can be anything in those in those movies or on stage. In the spirits industry, you're working with this really great artisanal liquid, right? This something that someone someone crafted, someone made, and you can then turn it into lots of different things with amazing cocktails and different ingredients and garnishes and, um, you know, rituals. But you can also live in the film world, you can live in the art world, you can live in design, you can live in all these different areas. And so it was really fun. And I just saw so much opportunity to sort of work with really creative, cool, fun people and create some really great, amazing things. So that was, um, I joined William Grant and Sons uh, back in, it was 2008. 
um, and was there for about seven years, I'd say. Um, and it was great. It was a great journey. I loved being there. Uh, we had some amazing brands to work on. And again, really different, you know, things from Glenn Fittick and leading a whole rejuvenation program for that. Because at the time, it was considered, you know, internally, it was considered sort of like the dusty brand. And the the team in London and the, the new executive t- in the US were like, this is our flagship. This one started it. We need people excited, right? So getting to be part of that. Um, and then also working on things like Hendrix Gin and, and you know, Sailor Jerry Spiced Rum. Um, like I said, I, I've always enjoyed thinking what's next and creating challenges. So each year I was there, I, I sort of took on new responsibility, whether that was working as part of the global team, at, you know, in the, the New York office, um, taking on digital marketing, taking on ambassador strategy, helping our teams in Canada and Mexico uh, with their PR, digital and, and ambassador plans. And ultimately, my last year there, I, I talked to them about leading workshops in uh, South America for the emerging markets team about if you don't have the big budgets that the other, you know, the the established countries have, put it into PR, put it into digital, put it into ambassadors. And so it was really great. And I say, I like to talk. It's uh, kind of funny. I had an hour at one of the workshops in in, uh, in Chile, and I wound up being up there for over five hours um, because there were oh so many goodness. questions. Yeah. Wow. Right. And I kept saying, I'm like, I will sit down whenever you want me to. And they're like, no, keep going. This is really helpful for us. And, and I say that only because there was such a you know thirst for that, that knowledge. Right. And, and it felt so good to be there and, and help them with that. Anyway, after all that time, you know, John Weiss, my longtime friend and my, my co-founder here at Curich Weiss, we had talked for many, many years. We've known each other for more than 20 and talked about someday we were going to start our own agency. And in 2015, I called him up and said, the time is now. Let's meet for drinks tonight. You know, this is going to happen. Let's make it happen. Uh, we met at an account that is now closed, uh, Rye House on 17th Street, and over two old fashions planned out our business and then got started that August 1st. And here it's been over eight years and it's been uh, it's been a great journey. And, you know, every day we're, we're continuing to think about what next, how do we carefully uh, and strategically continue to build the business so we can keep working with amazing brands and people and, you know, yeah. help them. Yeah. Your story is so amazing and you're very humble, by the way, James, oh, you really well, thank are. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, can you can you talk about, you know, you handle both brands, but then you also handle like celebrity brands. And I know that there's a like a delicate balance, right? Between both. That's right. How do you approach PR differently for brands compared to like celebrity brands? And what challenges or opportunities do each present? You know, I always want to look at every case on its own, right? There's a lot of experience and expertise you bring to it. But I think the first question is, you know, what is your goal, right? There are some celebrity brands where the goal is to, you know, I'm the celebrity and I want this just to be known for me, right? Other times it's, no, I really, 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 this product is something that that I need to share because I love it so much, right? So it's really coming down to what is the, what is that long-term goal? And then building out the plan from there, I think the most important balance is really ensuring that the brand is seen as a brand in and of its own, right? That it's not um, going to um, sink or swim based on what the tabloids might be saying about a celebrity, right? That it really is, here's the the credentials, here's the quality. This is why this brand deserves to, to be here, right? 
And then by the way, it's this person's, right? I think that's a big part of it. Um, you know, I think another, you know, uh, another way to look at it is, you know, when you're bringing a celebrity brand to life, making sure that, you know, who who is that core audience, right? If it is going to be the key trade in terms of bartenders, let's make sure that that celebrity is seen as someone who's part of the community, right? And, you know, we're not going to pretend that that celebrity is, you know, not doing their TV show or movie, and they're going to get behind the bar full time, but making sure that they know, like, this is not just a, a one-off vanity project, right? It, it really is something they care about and, and making sure that they become, if they're not already part of the community, like, you know, going to things like Tales of the Cocktail, being at Bar Convent, right? Doing all those, all those things, meeting the right people in the industry so that it's not just a, a vanity project or seen that way. You know, because it's a very slippery slope. The press is very, you know, some press is very quick to say, oh, here's another celebrity brand. And if we want it to succeed, we want to, you know, leverage that celebrity, but really make sure the brand messages are out there in the right way. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a stickler for that. And so it's always uh, making sure uh, we're doing everything we can to, to make those messages land. Yeah, and you do such a great job of that. Can you talk about the new partnership that Kirk and Weiss has with Southern Glaciers Wine and Spirits with the new department we call Top Shelf? Yeah, so Top Shelf is very exciting uh, for for me personally for a couple of reasons. One, I think, you know, one of the, to, to take the long way there, one of the most important things in this industry, I think, and, and when I say that, I mean PR, but I also mean spirits. I mean, like whatever industry you're working in, right? It's about relationships and having good long-term relationships, doing what you say you're going to do, you know, the importance of showing up and, you know, doing the work. Um, Top Shelf, which is a strategic alliance between Curich Weiss and Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits uh, to offer select PR services, including, you know, media relations, uh, press tours, messaging work, trade strategies, um, digital marketing and, and social media events, et cetera. Um, it came about because, you know, many years ago, I think it was 2003, I was at an agency and we were doing public relations for the South Beach Wine and Food Festival. And that's why I first met Lee, Lee Schrager, of course. Um, and it was great, you know, working with him and, you know, being around him and, you know, watching the festival grow, you know, all these years and, you know, stayed in touch with him. And so it was amazing about probably two years ago, December, when I got a phone call from Lee saying, hey, we have this idea we're, we're talking about and would love for you to be part of it. And I was honored, right? I mean, Lee clearly knows everyone there is to know in the industry. And it was just really, um, I mean, that was humbling. If you want to say humble, right? That <laughs> that was humbling. And I was very excited to, to get the phone call and immediately said, yeah, let's figure this out, right? We've got this great team over here. You know, John and I have built uh, Cure Twice now for over eight years. And it just, it made so much sense to partner up, to work closely with Lee, with Cindy and, and Bridget, with you, uh, and bringing our team into it, right? So we can make sure that, you know, through Top Shelf, we're offering those suppliers great PR plans, right? Again, PR being that that all-encompassing term for the services I, I talked about, but making sure it's tied to their goals, their sales goals, not just PR for PR's sake, right? Which is what we do every day as Cure Twice, but you know, through Top Shelf, taking it a step further, right? By you know, working with the different teams within Southern uh, to understand all those different pieces and what is that sales plan, right? Making sure that that whatever we're doing in the 
the PR space is really supporting and amplifying all that while also doing the other big fun stuff, right? The quote unquote fun stuff uh, that, that PR is all about. Um, so that's that's one part of why it's like really exciting is like, again, that work that we get to do and the results and some of the amazing brands that we've we've worked with now um, you know, some of the long-term clients now, right? The Pale by Sasha Lachine, right? Amazing. Um, uh, Ron Barcelo, right? Uh, even working with things like Tag Global Spirit Awards, right? Through a top shelf. So there's been so many great, wonderful clients we've, we've gotten to work with. The other great piece of it for me is, again, I'll go back to relationships, right? Is finding those great people and building those relationships. And I think, Bridget, you know, you and I have so much fun together, <laughs> <laughs> we'll have our what two year anniversary at we, Tales this coming we year. Will. I can't wait to celebrate with you. <laughs> I know. Because like every time we get together, we have such a wonderful time. And you know, whether yep. it's on a call or or a video, again, that that comes through the, you know, the great work we do, right? Like having amazing people that we get to work with. And, you know, Cindy as well, right? Like just it's been so great working with you, with you guys to bring that to life. And, you know, I think we've done some really great work together. So really, really exciting, fun stuff. And that's what right. it's about, right? Making sure I used to, I was quote unquote famous uh, at William Grant for being the one to say, if we're not having fun in this industry, we're doing something wrong. That is so true. My gosh, it is so very true. We work hard, but we also have a damn good time doing it, right? That's it. You know, you find the all the good people, you know, and there's so many in this industry. It's all, you know, hospitality, serving and entertaining and bringing people together. It is creating memories. Yeah. You know, 100%. I want to ask you, you know, in the age of social media, how has PR changed? And what, in your opinion, is the biggest mistake that brands or individuals even make on their platforms like Instagram? And what's some best like strategy insights for success that folks that are listening that can maybe use to build their Instagram following? Yeah, that's it's a great big question. I think, you know, PR was for a very long time, you know, all about that third party endorsement through the press, right? And I think what what we've seen, what I've seen in my career and, you know, certainly have have noticed uh, many of the agencies out there over the past 10 to 15 years as social media has grown and grown and grown and grown is, you know, some of those agencies say public relations less than they did before and more about marketing communications, right? And so, so I think what changed there slightly is it's still about getting those press stories and that third-party endorsement. That's key. Social media has, has provided a way for uh, direct conversations where you don't need that that media anymore uh, as the only way to get to your consumer, right? Uh, you need the media for the third-party endorsement to bring new audiences to you. But once you have them on your social channels or you know, tapping into influencers as additional forms of media, right? Once you get them there, your social channels allow you to have that direct, very personal conversation, right? So I think that's sort of key. I think, you know, invest... Uh, um, I, I actually did a presentation about this many years ago. I put together a communications conference when I was at William Grant for our agency partners to come in and talk to you know our brand teams. And one of the things I led with is PR, traditional PR is much, it's even stronger today because of the opportunity social media provides, right? Where you can say on your Instagram, look at what this great 
expert had to say about us, right? Look at what this uh, this article said about us, right? So it, it's great in that context. I think one of the the watchouts is you know making sure that your your social media, whichever platform, that you're keeping it on brand, right? So I think you know what what we've seen. With some, you know, founder brands, right? Sometimes the founder is is the the personality of their brand, right? But as the brand grows, you know, you don't want to, you know, the consumers might not want to see the like, oh, this is the founder having dinner with their best friend, right? They might want to focus on like, oh, what is the liquid story? What is the best way to serve this? How else can I do that? So I think it's one of the things where it's not a bad thing if it's really part of the brand strategy, but it's just always being really cognizant of. What do you want to? What do you want the consumer? What do you want the audience to do as a result of this post or this engagement or you know whatever it is? Um, and then what are you saying to make them do that? Right, and and not just cluttering up your your feed with things that aren't going to help you deliver on that, right? Because it'll just very quickly turn into white noise, and people will unfollow or skip or or mute. Uh, that's really, really good advice. I needed to hear your voice, you know, say that today because I'm so bad at social media for myself personally. I'm like, here's a picture of my dog Chantilly. Here's me working. Well, you know what you know, I did? Cayman Island cookout. Like it, nothing flows. Yeah. So that's just yeah. a really, really good tip. Well, and again, I think it's different for for individuals, right? As people and professionals versus mm-hmm. brands, right? right? So I mean, it's funny where. You know, for for me, I'll say we have our Kirch Weiss channels that are all about our business and our our culture here. And, you know, 90 percent of what we put on there is look at what we've done for this client and look at this client shining here and there. Right. Separately, I have an Instagram for my my little French bulldog, Vivienne uh, La Française, and where that's wonderful. all about her. So anyone that cares about follow. that. Yes. Sorry. Yes. I said, and you, everybody, you all need to follow it. It's fabulous. <laughs> la Française. Um, but that's it. There's the place for that, right? So people going there are getting that. And I, you know, personally, unless it's, you know, as much as I adore and love her and she's, you know, my little baby, uh, she's not generally going to be on our Cure Twice channels, right? So it's, it's just a matter of remembering what is the audience we're trying to reach? What do we want them to do, right? As a result of every point. Because if there's no action that we want as a result of a communication, then stay quiet. Yeah, that's really good advice. You know, the media landscape seems to be just like ever changing. How do you stay ahead of trends and really adapt your PR strategies to remain effective and impactful? Yeah, I think it's, you know, there's a couple of things, but, you know, number one, I would say, and I've, I've said this throughout my career is you have to stay curious, right? You have to regularly be looking at what is happening in the world, what's happening in this industry, what does this person have to say about that? And what does the person on the other side have to say about that? So you're regularly taking different inputs, right, that can help you formulate, ah, this would be a cool, fun, interesting thing to do for for this client or for that. I think the other piece, again, goes back to relationships, right? It's having um, those those trusted relationships, whether that's in the trade, right, or in the media or, or as influencers that, you know, that you're speaking to regularly. So you can hear from them, you know, what are what are they thinking? What are they seeing coming up next? It's really, it's again, it's about open, being open to all of those inputs, seeking them out, and then putting them through that filter, right? That that lens of, you know, for me, it's that 25 years of doing this, like, what have I seen? 
based on these inputs, what do I think is coming next? Right. And it's, you know, what's really important is then taking all of that and making sure it really is true to the brand, right? To whichever client that is. You know, we are very firm here about not doing cookie cutter programs, right? (laughs) Making sure that everything we're doing is very specific to a client, right? Every client is different. So you need to make sure that what we're doing is going to to resonate. It's really going to bring that individual brand to life. Um, and so that's the the last filter, I would say, is when you take all those inputs, it's then thinking about, okay, what is this brand's perspective on this, right? A very funny, well, funny to me, quick aside, was a few years ago, a friend who's also in PR, he does a lot of entertainment, uh, public relations, but he and I were having brunch with a third friend who said he wanted to be a, a personality and he had had a, a bit of press and he you know wanted to uh you know maybe become like a, a talking head on different pop culture shows and the first question we both said without or both asked before you know even talking to another about it was like well what's your perspective right and he he was like oh well i have opinions we're like no no right but what is your perspective what what is your brand what is going to make someone book you for those moments as opposed to someone else, right? So it's really, it's just always thinking about that, right? Making sure there is a unique perspective and, and that's how we we take what's happening in the world and we're able to, to develop all those different kinds of, you know, again, whether it's traditional press coverage or creating content for, for clients or even, you know, taking that to, to inform what an event might look like when you're, you know, doing the decor or the flow or who you're inviting, right? All those different pieces. You know, I think that what you do on the day-to-day is really all about storytelling, right? A lot of it is storytelling. Can you share a memorable or maybe an impactful story that you help tell for a brand or an individual? Oh, where to start? (laughs) It's been a, it's been a a long time uh, doing this. Um, Like I said, I've worked in, you know, lots of different industries now. And, you know, one thing that was really great to work on was uh, it's it's called it's Sandals Resorts. And at the time they were doing a partnership with Preston Bailey, who who is a celebrated, super high end uh, wedding planner and event designer. And he's done a lot of amazing things. He's, He's a really wonderful, nice person on top of all of it. And they had worked with Preston to develop these wedding moon packages. And so in the beginning, you know, it was how do we communicate that in a way that, you know, hits the luxury audience, brings the luxury of, of the resort properties to life uh, and, and brings all that together. And so on launch day, what, what was really amazing was we had some stories seated. Um, I'd worked with uh, Good Morning America, actually, to put together a whole activation right on Military Island in the middle of Times Square. We had four segments on the show, right, where we introduced here's this package is what it looks like. Here's, you know, what you can expect if you book a wedding moon. Uh, the final piece was the reveal of the world's largest uh, wedding bouquet. And these brides or, you know, um, soon to be brides, they all were competing to win this wedding moon, right? And what was really fun and, and wonderful during it was the uh, Preston, as he was talking about it, uh, he just kept saying he he did his media training so well. He took everything we said to heart so well that as he was communicating it, um, even the the reporter who was uh, doing the segment, he started repeating the brand messages <laughs> as part of uh, the segment, which was really you know fun and wonderful. Another great 
moment that I was really excited for and, and still to this day was super proud of was with, uh, again, with Sandals Resorts, actually. The internal PR person called me and said that the sales team had promised one of their, their retail partners um, that they were going to get tons of press for Valentine's Day. And so the ask was, hey, can you just get me you know, a couple of hits on this and we'll leave it there? And I said, no, I, I can't do that because I think this is too good an opportunity to settle for just a couple of hits. And the client was like, no, 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 seriously, whatever. I'm like, no, we're going to go big. And so we were able to turn it into a, an hour-long segment, essentially, on part of a daytime talk show where we gave away a wedding moon. And again, it was everything that the, the client's sales team, like they were just blown away with everything we had done. So I think that was, you know, some things that I was very, very proud of um, in, you know, in my career, uh, just, just two of them. I think, you know, another amazing one was getting to work on the launch, the first ever launch of the Michelin Guide in the United States in 2006 handling press for the, uh, you know, back uh, for the New York launch guide. It was an event at the Guggenheim and it was, you know, careful, like six month plan to get all the stories ready. And then the announcement and, you know, the big event and all the pieces of it. And then keeping that, keeping it alive, right? Because it, it happens once, right? The announcement's out. And then how do you keep that alive and keep that momentum going? Well, that was really fun and wonderful. Are those good examples? I'm, I'm on I think that those are here. perfect examples. They're yeah? actually okay. pretty amazing. I'm absolutely stunned kind of but i only because i know you and i know that you do marvelous things so it's just like <laughs> i'm surprised but i'm not because it's you and you are wonderful so i'm just oh, not surprised by all of this i have one other if i if i can this Please. one's this one's nice it's, do. It's, so another great example of again where relationships come into play is i had a former client who when John and I started the agency, he reached out and said, you know, I, I want to talk to you. And he at the time was the CEO of a Long Island winery. And, you know, we'd worked on the winery for him years ago doing some repositioning work. And we went out to see him and he's like, okay, I want to talk to you. I want to hire you, but not for the winery. And at first I was like, wait, what's happening? Are you leaving? What's going on? And he's like, no, 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 I'm not leaving. I'm doing a side project. Um, I'm building canoes. And I was like, wow, that's very cool and very different. You know, tell me more. And he explained his story, um, which was essentially his father had passed away and he inherited his tools and decided to use those tools to create something to sort of bring their relationship back, right? To, to relive that a bit, right? And he decided to create a canoe as a, because a canoe is a form of a, a personal journey, right? It represents a personal journey. And he lived right on the water. And so... We worked together for a few months and we did the first story with Wall Street Journal magazine. And it was just this beautiful piece that positioned him not as, hey, I'm a CEO and this is what I'm doing on the side, but it was like very much positioning him as an artist. And this was a, a journey, a, a heartfelt journey for him, something that he had to do. And look at how amazing this turned out. It was a beautiful story. And what was really a beautiful story that that the writer wrote about him and about the process. And again, a beautiful one page feature. Um, and then he reached out after saying, this is why I love working with you, because I told you what I wanted and you made it happen. Like I couldn't imagine something better. This, you know, I wanted it to be seen as an artist and this really got it where he immediately started getting calls from people in other parts of the world saying, I want that canoe. I want that beautiful canoe. And he's like, well, you can't have that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I can make you something different. So again, that's where 
you know, it was very personally gratifying because again, I love him. He's a wonderful person and being able, being trusted with that story, right. And then getting it there in the way that he wanted it. And for him to be that pleased and happy was really, um, you know, really something. That's beautiful. And, you know, I mean, James, you are such a creative person and you are a huge theater buff as well. And you and I share that kinship. Yep. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. Can we talk a little bit about that? Because I know that you love theater. You have a beautiful singing voice. You know, how does ah. your experience, you know, just even attending the theater, right? And having that yeah. love for music and creativity and art really um, influence maybe your approach to your work. Yeah. No, it's great. And yeah, absolutely. I'm a huge theater buff. I love it. I think it's one of the, you know, where theater is all over, but for me being New York, uh, you know, most of my life, I was born here. I've lived here in the majority of my life, um, being that close to that amount of theater. Right. And, you know, my, my parents and my grandmother, uh, bringing us to the theater. I mean, I was going to Broadway theaters when I was three years old. My sister and I saw the original production of The Wiz on Broadway and went backstage and got to touch the shoes, right? <laughs> so it's it's amazing to have that, right? Um, and to this day, it's great to to be part of that. And I think taking, and I, I loved theater. I did a lot of theater. I was the <laughs> humble brag president of the drama club in high school. And you know, did did a bit of acting here and there. And I do love singing. And, you know, it's sort of my fun way to relax, right, is just, you know, uh, there was a great quote from Judy Garland talking to Barbara Streisand, where she was talking about belting and how it's like, you just get everything out. So you belt something, you get it out, all those emotions, all those feelings. So it's, it's sort of fun, right? Um, I think looking at that and being around that level of creativity and being open to that, I think it's, you know, definitely affects the kind of work that we do, right? Our approach, because we don't want to be stuck on, okay, here's the recipe, right? It's more, let's paint with many colors. You know, if, if marketing is a science, PR is an art, right? Because it's a, it's a form of marketing. But it really is about like, let's see what we have to work with here, right? It's not just about it. it you know, if you're going to you know, get in the kitchen and cook, right? It's not just about, okay, let me go to the store and buy everything to make this one dish. Sometimes I, sometimes it's that, right? Sometimes I like just opening the cabinets and grabbing things and seeing what I can create, right? Recently, I surprised my partner with a um, olive... <laughs> an olive oil cake because we were both in the mood for something sweet. And I was like, let me just see what I can make based on what's in the house. Right. And so it's really, it's just being open to that. Right. And and I think the longer we are in our careers, and like I said, I've been doing this for 25 years now, it's always remembering that, right. It's let's not get stuck in. This is the way to do it because I've done it this way before. It's, you know, in the same way theater has revivals and they change things up, right? We're going to do this revival this way, or we're going to cast a woman in this role that was played by a man last time. It's always looking at how do we switch it up? How do we keep it interesting? How do we keep it fresh? Um, yeah, and I think that's key. And I, you know, I, I love going. I'm actually going to see a couple of shows in the next, uh, next couple of weeks. Oh, my we'll see what we come, what we get from those. I love that. I love it. You know, and I think with that throughout your career, you have really have been able to build some very strong media relationships. You know, you've you're a proven professional, a trusted professional. So, you know, how are you really cultivating those long lasting connections with clients, media 
and others in the industry? It's it's really all about, you know, for me, it's make sure you treat people like people, right? Um, it shouldn't always be transactional, right? And And I think that's really the key. It's not reaching out to people just when you need something or need a story or want to send, you know, please cover this for me. It's really about knowing what they're up to. How can we help one another, right? Um, making sure that, you know, we're getting to know one another, right? And it's, you know, we tell our team all the time, build those relationships by getting together in person, right? Go out, do, you know, do drinks, go, go see the best cocktail bars in town, bring the, you know, your new journalist friend along, go do a spin class with them, do manicures and pedicure, you know, whatever those things are, but, you know, really build the relationships, not just, hi, here's a pitch, please write this, right? Because that's, that's not, I mean, it might work once in a while, but that's not the way to do it long term. Um, you know, it's, it's really just about that. Um, part one, part two, I would say is, I've said it already, but the importance of showing up, right? If you say you're going to do something, then make sure you do it, right? So if you're working with a journalist and you've pitched them a story and you say, I can get you X, Y, and Z for it, make sure you can, make sure you're doing it, make sure you're, you're getting them the assets they need, the quotes that they need, the access that they need so that they know I can trust this person. They deliver for me. They deliver every time. That is really sound advice. It really is. I think that in this world, there's not enough of that, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's just, it's important, um, you know, to make sure that we're all not, not to sound too hokey, but, you know, if we want the world to be a better place, let's be a better place, right? Let's, let's right. do our part, you know, mm -hmm. uh, make sure that we're always, you know, where we can help, let's help. You know, it's one of the big guiding principles here at the agency too, is, you know, internally, we are not about having uh, team members compete with one another. We, we tell them like, we're here to help each other. Right. And, you know, John and I, when um, we, you know, when we worked together in another agency, one of the things that I used to do when I was helping him uh, build some of his relationships was I would start a conversation with a journalist that was a friend of mine and be like, Hey, here's John copied in. He's going to get you everything you need. Right. So again, like there, there's room for everyone at the table. Right. It's just a matter of making sure we're we're all doing our part and, and helping one another in that. And I think that's, you know, that's just really the key. Yeah, it sure is. And, you know, um, really, like based on your own journey, James, and your experiences, could you give some sound advice to individuals that are listening that are curious to maybe shift their career to, you know, something within the world of PR? Yeah, I think, you know, the advice would be really get to know what it is, right? The best way to do that is by setting up meetings, uh, you know, PR people, not to generalize, we like to talk. <laughs> if you reach out and say, hey, I'd love to learn about your industry, I can guarantee, or, you know, we'll take the time and say, yeah, here's what it's all about, right? You know, if someone wants to listen, we're happy to, to share the, those insights. Um, I know I am. Um, I think that's part one, really understand it because, um, before getting into it, a lot of people don't necessarily understand everything that goes into it, right? There's, there's the quote unquote glamorous world of PR that everyone thinks, but they don't see the opening the boxes and packing up mailers, right? All those pieces of getting it out there. So, you know, some of the hours that go into it too, where, you know, again, we, we always want to make sure knowing how how busy it can be and how how much work goes into it 
make sure you, you're able to find that balance for yourself, right? How do you turn off and relax a bit and, you know, take those moments, right? So I think that's another just key is really understanding what the work is. The best ways, the best ways to understand that work are by talking to people in the industry. And then, you know, if possible, do, you know, see about doing uh, an internship, right? Or if it's a career switch bit, see about doing like once a week coming in and, and just, you know, volunteering a little bit, right? Or, you know, if you can do like a trainee position. Um, but I think that's that's key because you never would want to make a switch without really understanding everything that goes into it. And, you know, there there is a lot um, from the relationship side and building those to the, you know, the writing piece, right, of, of being able to communicate in the right and very succinct way to the creative piece of it, right? Um, and what I will say is, to be super clear, not every individual has to be an expert and has to be perfect at all those different things, right? That's the importance of teams and also the, the importance of a partner. And I think on, on that piece, I think it's so key to have, you know, a partner and a team that you can totally trust, right? That you you know you're in it together and you know everyone, hey, this person excels in this area, that person excels in that area, let's work together. And then everyone's excelling and everything's getting done and it's better than it would have been if one person tried to do all of it, right? And that, that's really what it's about for, for me and John and, and building the, the, the agency. Um, and, and hopefully that that's a that's good counsel, good advice to anyone thinking oh, yeah. about moving into it. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Um, what is next for you, James? What's next? Yeah, I think um, you're 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 catching me because I said I always think about what's next. Uh, the big piece for us is you know John and I want to continue to carefully and strategically grow the business and our team. So we started in. 2015, it was it was him, it was me, it was one uh, wonderful team member. Today, uh, about eight years later, we have our New York office, uh, we have our LA office. We're a total team of about 19 people, and that's been very you know we don't want to be the biggest. We're, it's not about that. It's it's about making sure we have the right size team to continue to grow carefully and strategically so that we can best serve our clients, right? Work on bigger and bigger brands. So all of that to sort of set the stage for what comes next is we want to continue that, right? Uh, continue bringing on, uh, continue growing our existing team, continue. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is the individuals here, like watching them go from an account coordinator to an account manager is always so wonderful to see, right? And, and to be even a small part of that and helping them in that journey is really great and super rewarding. So we want to continue doing that with the existing team, continue to bring in more people where and when it makes sense and continue working with, you know, larger and bigger brands, um, you know, as we continue growing. Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny from a service perspective, we already do all the things that we want to be doing on that side of it. So it's really just being able to keep doing great stuff and and keep growing with our current clients. And like I said, keep growing uh, with with additional additional businesses and brands. Yeah. And I just know that you will do it. I mean, for those of you that have never met James, he is a, just such an authentic person to be around. You know, I do feel like you lead with your best intentions and with everything that's good for all of your clients and for those that are on your team, which is rare. It is. It's a rare trait. And I think especially in this fast pace business that we're in, right? But you seem to always have good intentions and want the best outcome. 
And I believe because of that, it's just going to continue to grow. And I can't wait to see what you do next. I'm well, so I appreciate excited. that. That's very sweet. And um, I, I sincerely appreciate that. It's it's the goal. You know, we really want to make sure that what we're doing is building a, a place that people can have fun. They can grow. They can know it's okay to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it's how we learn, right? Um, but that's it. As long as we're all working toward how do we always all get better, right? Um, and that's what it's about, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. And like really I said, is. getting to work with, you know, you and, and Cindy and Lee and, you know, that whole team has been amazing on that front. And I think it's one of the reasons we all work so well together, right? Is because we all want to be doing our best, right? For, mm-hmm. for, the, for those clients and for the businesses, right? And I think we're all about, the pride, right? We all take a lot of pride in our work and and want to be remember that we're we're people at the right. end of the day, right? That's right. Um, where can our listeners find you? Uh, so the agency is at curichweiss.com, C-U-R-I-C-H-W-E-I-S-S.com uh, on Instagram and LinkedIn at the same. And for anyone that wants to meet my little petite Vivienne. A little French bulldog. She's Vivi La Française on Instagram. Oh my gosh. I she love is it. quite a character. I just can't <laughs> wait to be in the same room with you again. It's just <laughs> I know, me too. So I know. We have to figure fun. it out. We need to figure it out. You know, on behalf of the served up family, James, I just want to thank you so much for spending some time with me today. And I want to wish you some great health and a lot of peace. Cheers to you. Thank you. Cheers to you. I really, I appreciate this opportunity and, you know, we'd never, ever turn down an opportunity to talk to you. So uh, microphones are not, I'm ready when you are. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Served Up is brought to you by Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits. Produced by Zunu.online. Music by We Killed the Lion can be found on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe to be notified of future Served Up episodes. Cheers!